on this episode of the Holistic Happy Hour podcast. This is why they give you bread first at a restaurant, because it causes you to have this huge glucose spike and then you crash. And like we were talking about earlier, the hungry hormones, your body becomes hungrier a lot quicker. And so you eat more. Hey friends, you know what time it is. Ding, ding, ding. Holistic happy hour is here. It is Jamie and Yaz and we are two besties who met over the internet through our shared love of all things holistic health. And we are on a mission to empower you with the tools, resources, and knowledge you need to thrive. Join us as we chat with experts, explore books, and share our own personal insights and experiences. We're happy to have you here. Let's dive in. In this episode, we are going to do a deep dive into the works of Jessie, also known as the Glucose Goddess, focusing on her books, Glucose Revolution and Glucose Method. If you struggle with fatigue, PCOS, acne, or other common ailments, this might just be the solution you've been looking for. We're going to explore glucose and what it is, the harmful side effects of insulin resistance, our favorite blood sugar balancing food, and five practical hacks for balancing your blood sugar. Before we jump in, we wanted to take a moment and share how much it means when you reach out. Seriously, it makes me so happy. Recently, we've welcomed a few more members into our Holistic Happy Hour family, and we can't thank you enough for taking the few seconds to rate the podcast, send it to a friend, and follow us on social media. Because of you, we're able to reach so many more people, hear from incredible guests, and continue to grow this community. We wanted to take a moment and remind you that this podcast is intended solely for educational and informational purposes and is not intended to be a substitute for medical or professional advice. You should consult your healthcare practitioner before starting any supplementation or making changes to your healthcare regimen. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on in our lives? Oh my God, tea. Okay, I don't want to be a spoiled bitch, but... I've been trying to save money and like go to Trader Joe's when I can. And I have been, you know, I've been shopping at Whole Foods specifically for like my meat. Like I get really good quality, like grass fed beef there. I'll get my like lox, like my salmon for my bagel. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Trader Joe's this weekend and I'm going to save money and get meat there. So I get my lox, my salmon, wild caught salmon lox from Trader Joe's. And it is like significantly cheaper. It's nine dollars for this big ass bag of salmon. Where at Trader Joe or at Whole Foods, it's twenty bucks. Yeah. So I'm making my like lox bagel this morning on my gluten free bagel, my cream cheese, and I smell this like super fishy smell like of salmon. And I didn't realize how the salmon at Whole Foods doesn't smell as fishy. And my mom told me once that if it smells super fishy, it's it's rancid. Yeah. And I know you could still eat it and like you're fine. But like I couldn't even – I couldn't even – like as I was eating it, like the smell of it, I could not even finish it. I took it off and I just ate the bread plain and I wasted all the salmon. But I'm like this is why I go to Whole Foods and I'm a spoiled bitch and I know that. But I was just trying to be a budgeting queen and like save money. And I think I can get away with that on some things at Trader Joe's, but the meat and the fish, I cannot do that. I mean, it's understandable, but nobody likes fishy fish. Oof. Yeah. I was eating it. I was like, oh my God. And the whole apartment smelled. I was like, this is nuts. Like I I used to eat this all the time. And then when I switched over to Whole Foods, I was, you know, eating theirs. And then I came back and I'm like, oh my God. And then we made like a few months ago, I got 
beef there, which I got like this wagyu steak whatnot, and I shouldn't have done Joe's it. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. At Trader Joe's, not it wasn't grass fed or anything, which I was like, you know, what? it's fine. It was the chewiest, like I couldn't even like tear off the meat. It was just so disgusting, and we threw the whole thing away. Like I hate to waste food, but I didn't realize how eating it Whole Foods or like a, a like going to a butcher, going to like higher end meat places would really make me realize how not good the meat is from Trader Joe's. Wow. Um yeah, I told you about my fucking seventeen dollar hot Oh my uh, hot <laughs> yeah, bar from Trader Joe's. That. Yeah, okay, so I went I was starving. My glucose levels were dropping, I'll tell you that. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to Whole Foods anyway to buy stuff for Thanksgiving. Let's just get hot bar. You know, and I knew it was expensive, but I got some Indian, I think it was dal, which is like um like a cauliflower mixed with lentils and vegetables. And then I got a different one, which was another one, like another veggie mix, which they were a little dense, but, and I was kind of like, damn, are these going to cost more? Like, I'm really trying to keep it light there. And then I got this like ground beef, broccoli stir fry, some random stuff. It was not looking good that day. Like I also got soup, I guess. Okay. So it sounds like I got a lot, but it really wasn't a lot, but the soup, it was like the bottom of the the bowl. Like it was like that, it was crusty at the bottom. And I was like, I really don't want this. But like there are points in times where I'm like, I am so hungry that it doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm a lot more metabolically flexible these days. Like I can go longer without eating, but I really just did not have enough lunch. And I was just busy and things happened and I had had a little snack, but I was getting there. And so in those times, I'm like, we're making executive decisions. And I took that soup from the bottom. I got it out. It was $17 for Whole Foods hot bar. I'm like, this is crazy. You can go to McDonald's like 18 times and still be under that. Yeah. Except for McDonald's kind of getting up there these days, honestly. It's not as cheap. I mean, I hear I'm not eating McDonald's. Yeah. I just remember being a kid. My mom would take us through the drive-thru and we get like the $1 like McMuffin or whatnot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd fuck that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> In high school, you'd go get the McFlurry. Yes. Or I don't know if you had Sonic, but like the uh, – what is that? Cherry Limeade slushy. Oh, I know. So good. But did you see that thing on social that was like this guy he went to? I think it was Whole Foods. And he went there six years ago. Don't quote me on this, but like six years ago and two years ago. And he bought the exact same thing. And then he rang it up and he said that it was like anywhere between like 10 and 15% more than what it was six years ago. Well, I mean, isn't that just kind of inflation? In comparison to groceries and inflation, and he's saying, you know, our salaries aren't going up. How do you expect me to pay $3 for an avocado when six years ago I was making the same amount and this <laughs> is like a dollar? No, it's really tough. And that's something that really bothers me how inaccessible clean, healthy food is. But at the end of the day, Whole Foods are better. Places like Aldi and some of the more discount grocers will have organic options, but even if you can't buy organic, just eating whole foods is always better. Yep, totally. But speaking of food, let's dive into our happy hour drink. Jamie, do you want to walk us through what we are drinking today? Yeah, so this recipe is from the Glucose Method by the Glucose Goddess. 
and this is a cinnamon tea. It's super simple. Yaz and I picked one that we had the ingredients already at home. We're preparing for the holidays. Like we don't have time for extra stress. That's what I loved about this though, that like I had these ingredients. Most people have these ingredients. It is half of a teaspoon of cinnamon and a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. You just throw those in a mug and then you just pour your hot water on top. Now I will say it's it needs a little doctoring. It's not the tastiest thing I've ever had. <laughs> but the more you drink it, the more it kind of slaps. Like it's it's kind of good. And the benefits are really great. We're going to get into that later, but both apple cider vinegar and cinnamon help with your glucose levels and can help balance your blood sugar. Well, speaking of glucose levels, this whole episode is all about your blood sugar, blood sugar regulation, glucose spikes, and kind of how to hack it. So Jamie, why don't you walk us through our patient, Bernadette? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is a example that she... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bernadette. Bernadette, don't forget. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So this was a story um, from the book about a 57-year-old woman who lost five pounds in nine days without exercising more or eating any differently. Like She ate the same exact meals. So we will be diving into Bernadette and her baguette story shortly. God, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what we're going to do is we're going to walk through all things blood sugar and bring our girl Bernadette along and teach you how she did it, her magic trick. And so it's not really about the weight loss. You know, I think that's a great side effect, but it's more about creating a more metabolically healthy body. And now you might say, huh, what is metabolically healthy and what does that mean? Jamie, can you help us out? Yeah. So basically, you know, when you go get a physical, like those, those main markers, so you'd be in range for your blood sugar, triglycerides, HDL, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weights circumference. Even lab tests like are a bit skewed because they take an average. So like if everybody is less healthy, then like the average of what they're using for their ranges is a little bit, you know, less healthy or skewed. So I just like to take that into consideration. So yes, what percentage of Americans do you think are metabolically healthy? I'm going to say 25%. You're, you're high in that estimate. Oh, we need like a little buzzer. I don't know. I don't know the right. I can't You're do wrong. it. But... <laughs> wrong. You suck. Um, no, it is only 12%. Jesus. Yeah, it's wild. Um, so that means 88% of people, which I had to do that math earlier, are metabolically unhealthy. <laughs> math is my specialty. Wow. I think what might be helpful for not only our listeners, but myself as well, is can we break it down? Can you start with the basics? Like, what is glucose? So glucose is our main energy source, and we get it from eating food. And then once you eat, it gets distributed into our bloodstream, and it goes into our cells. And then our cells turn them into energy through the mitochondria. And the concentration of glucose, you know, depending on what you eat, fluctuates, aka glucose spikes, which can affect your mood, sleep, weight, your skin, and your immune system too. So now that we know what glucose is, what is insulin? Insulin is the hormone that helps regulate glucose or your blood sugar. So when you eat, glucose levels increase, 
and then insulin has to stash that away into like storage throughout the body and without it we would die so like people who are type 1 diabetics have to take insulin because it's necessary um, to store away the glucose the author jesse describes the pancreas because the pancreas releases insulin as playing a game of tetris so it starts by storing it in the liver so you'd think glucose gets released into the bloodstream the pancreas releases the insulin and then the insulin you know they're playing tetris putting it all over your body they first start by storing it in the liver and then next it goes into the muscles and then finally it stores as fat which is how we gain weight and then fructose sugar so like any type of sweets you have dessert all different types of sugar too it doesn't really matter the quality of the sugar is turned straight into fat wow so in terms of insulin a lot of my friends tell me that they're insulin resistant what does that mean when levels of insulin are high for too long so basically your, your glucose is very high, your pancreas has to release all that insulin, and there's a lot of insulin in your blood for a long period of time, your cells stop responding to insulin and the pancreas has to keep creating more and more, which leads to higher levels in your blood. And so something that you could compare it to is like, you know how when you first start drinking coffee, you, st you feel the effects really strongly, but then over time you stop feeling it and then you have to have two cups of coffee or three cups of coffee and you takes more to have the same effect. Wow, that sounds really scary about being insulin resistant. So what would you say are the common symptoms and illnesses of someone who has glucose dysregulation or is insulin resistant? Ooh, girl, it's not good. <laughs> Sit your <laughs> ass down, grab a pen and paper, and we're going <laughs> to dive in. Here we go. I love this analogy that she made in the book. So she comes up with the scenario, and it's – your grandpa and he's always wanted to work on a steam train i don't know if everyone wants to like picture their own grandpas so gpa shows up on his first day and he gets coal delivered into like the room he's shoveling that coal into a fire and then it would generate the steam and the train moves along so that's kind of what a healthy cell in mitochondria look like pop pop's a happy camper he's having a good time then day two comes along and this is where shit hits the fan the cold deliveries start coming in hot, another delivery followed by another delivery. Even though he doesn't need it and he can't stop it, it piles up around him and he can barely use a shovel. He's stressed out and he says, I can't do this anymore. I don't know why he's country, but he is. And then he like throws a shovel down and he quits on his lifelong dream. And so <laughs> I took that a little far, but it's the same for our cells and our glucose. They can only burn what they need and large glucose spikes overload them. And then your mitochondria can't take it and they produce free radicals, which is a whole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go into that as well. Okay. I don't know why you were telling that G-Paw story and I was instantly transported to playing Diner Dash as a kid. Did you ever play that? <laughs> I love that and like, game. And like you would upgrade and you get like a bigger kitchen and like more tables, but then you're like, fuck, I can't do this. I know what you're thinking about because it's it would a get really hard. Well, and it, it, it's in, it usually is old people. I think you can change the characters, but it always defaulted to old people. Maybe if you didn't pay for it. But that's that's the perfect analogy. I I was yes. like, poor G Paws out putting coal in the fire. I'm over here trying to get people their meals and get them seated. If you know that game, that hits so hard. Yeah. But yeah, so essentially you're you're flooding your body. And another um another analogy that she's made is like you're overwatering a plant. Glucose is a good thing, but when you 
have too much all at once, your body can't take it and you overload your mitochondria. And your mitochondria is what makes energy. So a lot of people who are feeling fatigued or feeling tired all the time, this is definitely, you know, likely a cause of that. Let's talk about free radicals. Do you know about free radicals? I just know they're bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're bad. So they damage like anything they come in contact with. I thought of Morley Robbins uh, analogy of like a four year old with a hammer. I'll tell you about all the bad things they can do. They can modify your DNA, creating mutations and activating harmful genes. They can lead to cancer and cause our cells to malfunction. We can handle a moderate amount of free radicals, just like we can handle anything. You can handle a little bit of toxins. You can handle a little bit of this and that. But when you have too many over a long period of time, it leads to your body to be in a, a state of oxidative stress. And then oxidative stress can lead to chronic illness. I thought about this in terms of like, think about if you have a niece or nephew or like a young kid in your life, like you could babysit that kid, right? It's pretty easy. I mean, it still takes a lot. You got to watch them, whatever. Think about five or six of them. It's too much and something's going to go wrong. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And speaking of terrifying, we are cooking like a turkey. Currently... Throughout our lifetimes, we basically, like, we're roasting like a turkey. So just imagine, like, when you see that thing browned at the end. So the more glucose and the more glucose spikes we endure, the faster we glycate and age. We don't want that. On top of that, these free radicals, these bad guys, damage our collagen and make us, you know, make you look older. It's not like a this for that, but they damage your collagen, which will make you look older. On that note, fructose, which is sugar, creates more oxidative stress and glycates things 10 times as fast as glucose. So, for example, the spike from a cookie is worse than spike from pasta. So if you're, you know, weighing your options and you're having a craving, just know that something sweet is going to have a much stronger effect on your glucose than something savory like pasta. And so we'll get into how you can mitigate the effects of still having the cookie or still having the pasta. What I love about her book is that it's not telling you to stop eating any of this stuff. It's just telling you to change things up a little bit. Okay, so we talked about glucose. We talked about what insulin is. And so we know that glucose spikes leads to more insulin in your blood. Do you want to know what happens when insulin levels are too high? I sure do. (laughs) So a lot of bad shit happens. Oh, no. LDL pattern B cholesterol is produced by the liver, which is the bad cholesterol. And then your body stops prioritizing reproduction when it's in this state. Uh, Men and women with high insulin have a higher likelihood of being infertile. And so PCOS, which is where a woman develops cysts on her ovaries and no longer ovulates, is caused by too much insulin. Insulin, why that is, insulin causes the ovaries to produce more testosterone, and hampers the conversion from male to female sex hormones. For men, it reduces the quality of semen and can cause erectile dysfunction. So it's a pretty big deal. Wow. Like you hit like every possible illness someone could experience and it all kind of comes back to the glucose. But wait, there's more. Oh God. (laughs) The inflammation caused by glucose spikes can cause holes in the gut lining or leaky gut, which can lead to a bunch of other issues. Um, It's also the root cause of obesity and type 2 diabetes. 
It can cause fatty liver and it can also make your skin appear redder, cause acne and eczema. So if you are having issues with your skin, that might be the culprit. By reducing the insulin in your blood, we can become more insulin sensitive and less insulin resistant, meaning that our bodies can properly store it away. It's winning the game of Tetris. I don't know if you play Tetris. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like you know when like they start coming down hot, like hot, and you're like you're and you're like get the troops ready. <laughs> like this keeps you on like a level one. Everything's going well. Like the music is like light. La and, la, like, la la la. <laughs> it doesn't. You know when it picks up, the music also picks up. It's like you're like uh, fuck. The drums are coming in. <laughs> I played a lot of Tetris. The goal is to flatten our glucose curves, which lowers the amount of insulin in your blood. So that's a lot of different symptoms. I think what might be helpful is if we can share a little bit of our personal stories and maybe how it pertains to maybe why we're so passionate about this topic. So Jamie, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about your background with managing your blood sugar? Girl, I'm like the poster child for <laughs> insulin resistance and blood sugar issues. I have, I think I mentioned that in the first episode, I have like three I'm sorry for what I said when I was hangry shirts. Everyone in my family knows. Friends have started bringing snacks with them. I remember a specific instance where I noticed this, and I wasn't even being that observant at this time. I've always been, you know, somewhat health conscious, but there was things that you didn't know at the time. And at this particular time, I was in college, and I wasn't, I wasn't paying too much attention. And I remember, and I was at, on birth control at the time, living in the sorority house and I would go to bed like hung like already getting hungry again thinking about what I was going to eat the next morning and then as soon as I would wake up I would eat and I would have like cereal and fruit you know it's not it wasn't special K it was actually like off brand but it was the one with the strawberries like the dried strawberries mm, and some type of like slaps. fruit yeah and maybe yeah. like yogurt no it was great it took me way too high like like fucking I did speed and then I crashed and had terrible I was hungry again always at 10 a.m and like strong hunger so I would bring a snack to class but this is because I had built up insulin in my body from repeatedly doing this over time and being on the pill increased these effects which caused uh which the science behind it is it causes the hormone leptin that tells us when we're full to be blocked and the hungry hormone ghrelin takes over and so you're you're feeling hungry all the time you're hungry hungry hippo <laughs> yeah honestly it's one of my personality it, it's not one of my personality traits but it has been one of my personality traits at one point in time because that's how bad it was for me that is crazy i think mine's very similar to you we're like and this is something i still deal with so i'm hoping to i'm like taking notes over here as you're talking about all of this. It's been really helpful. I'm like in the listener's seat, but I am a person who for a long time, when I get hungry, I go silent and I start to get really lightheaded and I'm always craving sugar. And when I get my sugar fix, it's like I put out the fire. I'm feeling good. And then like two hours later or maybe an hour later, I'm like, okay, what's next? And it's so funny because we'll be watching a movie. I have these like little Manuka honey, like things to suck on for when you have a cold. I'll be like watching a movie with Andrew and like three times throughout the movie, I'll get up and I'll go get like a sweet or like a Justin's peanut butter cup, which I know isn't the healthiest, but I will like always be kind of feeding that little like inner glucose 
person in me. I don't even know if, that, if that's what it's called. <laughs> I thought about like a little person within you. Like I, I characterized like, it as a <laughs> give me candy. But that's the thing. My whole life, I I think especially around the sweets. Like I, my mom deprived me of anytime I'd go trick or treating. She would take all of our Halloween candy and give us one candy every Saturday. When I got a car, I would go up to CVS and eat candy in my car. And it, it it just kind of formed this really bad relationship with sweets. But anytime I could get it, I would like completely like go all in. And so as I enter my adulthood, I've gotten a little bit better to, by finding alternatives to sweets. But I still think the problem is, is I still continue to crave them quite regularly. And that is kind of what I'm working through now. So I'm very excited to kind of learn more about the different hacks that we can you know, that I can include in my day to day so that I'm not craving candy in the middle of a movie. And it's like my eighth time getting up and Andrew's like, I swear to God, if I have to pause this goddamn movie one more time. (laughs) So let's get into the hacks. Jamie, can you walk us through everything you know, or what, what you, what were the high takeaways from the glucose goddess book? Well, first of all, don't feel bad because I literally have a long list of people who have been personally victimized by my low blood sugar and glucose spikes so honestly I think at one point it'd be funny to just have people write in and by people I mean like my close friends and families of their story they have a support group that they just are like a a Jamie a hangry Jamie support group (laughs) no seriously Um, so yeah let's let's get to what can we do about it Um, we don't have to be a slave to our glucose levels we don't have to experience these ups and downs and emotions and all of that so The number one tip is to eat a savory breakfast. So start your day with protein, as much protein as possible. And if you do opt for something like oatmeal for breakfast, which technically is savory, there's, you know, you have to be careful about what you're using because, and it all comes back to the quality of, of the food. So rolled oats don't have as much fiber as maybe like steel cut oats. So you're looking for something that has more fiber, and we'll get into that more in detail later, with maybe a nut butter, which contains some protein, you can top with some nuts. If you're going to have fruit on top, make sure that it's whole fruit that still has the fiber, so no dried fruit, because when you process fruit, it spikes your blood sugar more because it removes some of the fiber. And just a call out for oat and oat milk. I'm looking at you. These are spikers. I loved a good oat milk latte. I still would like to indulge in one every once in a while, but I just think that oats and oat milk are sometimes confused for health foods and they're not. And I think that they need to be looked at as a carb. I mean, they break down like a carb, especially when they're in those forms. Um, So just be mindful of that. In terms of a savory breakfast, what would you say is a good savory breakfast option? Not everyone will want this, and we can absolutely like post some more ideas, but the classic eggs, bacon, and I mean, you can even have toast. If you're going to have bread, the better breads that she recommended, and this is because they break down slower, are rye and sourdough. We'll get into a little bit more. Remember Bernadette and her baguette? She's She's back. back. (laughs) (laughs) She's the 57-year-old woman that was a story in the book that she lost uh, five pounds in nine days, and she didn't change, like, much about her lifestyle. That leads us to tip number two. Eat your veggies first, then protein and fat, 
then your starch and sugar. And that's what she did. So she would have her sandwich every week. And so instead of eating a sandwich just as you normally would, all packaged together, she t- deconstructed the sandwich and had her all the veggies first and then the protein and then the bread last. And just by doing that, she lost five pounds. And I, it's super hard for postmenopausal women to lose weight as it is. So I feel like that's astounding. Bernadette and her baguette. <laughs> Unreal. You go, I think that's so crazy, like how simple that is. Like you're still eating the same stuff, but just in a different order and how that has such an impact on your blood sugar. The main thing driving that is fiber and fiber does a few things. So fiber reduces the effect of the enzyme that breaks down starch. So it'll basically slow down that process naturally of breaking it down. Um, It also slows down the rate at which the food moves through your digestive tract. And then it coats your digestive tract like a mesh lining and slows down the release of the glucose into the bloodstream. She cited a study where by changing the order, just like Bernadette did, it reduced the glucose spike by 73%. And it was comparable to the effects of diabetes medication. How crazy is that? That is unreal. The fact that you could just make one simple move and then it's equivalent to diabetes pharmaceuticals. It leads me to the next point of this is why they give you bread first at a restaurant because it causes you to have this huge glucose spike and then you crash. And like we were talking about earlier, the hungry hormones, your body becomes hungrier a lot quicker. And so you eat more. That is so I'm over here like that is so crazy but it is and it's it's literally like a psychologic slash biologic way of tricking your body into spending more money staying there longer and wanting to even get dessert after you had bread and appetizer and entree number three incorporate a veggie appetizer and we, we've seen this. We know this. I don't know if when you were growing up, Yaz, like we had salad first a lot. Like we would have some carb heavy things, but like at home you would kind of like have a salad a lot as an appetizer. We know that there's tons of benefits to having fiber first, but you also absorb fewer calories. So yeah, have your salad first. Something I've been liking to do is make some like shishito peppers as an appetizer We love some crispy Brussels. Like when I'm out at a restaurant, I'll order the crispy Brussels. I will say sometimes, and for some people, it can be hard on your stomach to have cruciferous vegetables on an empty stomach. So just be like in tune with what works for you. Oh, another convenient option would be just having some pickled veggies like in your fridge. You know, that's something you could do in advance and that way you don't have to prep. I know it's tough during the week to like make an extra appetizer. And question for you, if I were to, you know, be working and around 10 a.m. I have some broccoli and then I have lunch like two, three hours later, does that count or does it need to be right before you eat your meal? It takes about two hours for the fiber to move through your system. So you need to – nothing over two hours and even two hours is kind of like clearing it so I would say like within an hour you'd want to eat your meal but it will it will be fine for that entire hour awesome and then this is a side question if I have like a salad that has dressing on it and like maybe some nuts in it and some cranberry like does it just have to be the vegetable alone or can it have these other things like brussels sprouts usually they put like some kind of 
like maple syrup or something to sweeten it. Is that okay? Yeah, it's not a big deal. It kind of lessens the effect, but it's not going to, you're still having the fiber in your system. So it's, it kind of, I guess, counterbalances a little bit if you have a little bit of sugar with the fiber. The moral of the story is you want to have greens or something with fiber and it's okay in whatever form. So if it has like a, a sweet glaze, that's fine. Having something with fiber before the meal is going to help regardless. Fabulous. Love it. So going off of that, we're going to be eating more calories by doing this. But if you're flattening your glucose spikes, you're lowering the insulin. So you're going to lose weight. So calories aren't created equal. And the calories from a sugary snack containing fructose are going to be converted to fat. Whereas if you had another snack like a Greek yogurt, it's not going to have the same effect. So actually like what the food is made made of has a different effect on how it's broken down in the body. Number four, have vinegar-based foods. So you could have vinegar and water. That's one of the hacks from the book. Or she's got in her glucose method a whole list of vinegar-based mocktails. And what this does is vinegar contains acetic acid, which temporarily inactivates alpha amylase, which is the enzyme that breaks down starches that I mentioned earlier. So you're, you're slowing down that starch breaking down process. And then it causes our muscles to actually uptake more glucose. And it even tells our DNA to reprogram a bit so our mitochondria burn more fat. And by doing this, so, so let's say you know, you're going to have a carb-heavy meal like pasta or something. By having a tablespoon of vinegar in a glass of water, you can reduce the glucose spike by up to 30%. That's unreal. And that kind of goes back to why we included apple cider vinegar in our mocktail today. Yes. You know, to lower that glucose spike from our dinner or for the dinner we're about to have. Yeah. And cinnamon also um, helps balance your blood sugar as well. When you do have the apple cider vinegar and water, you're going to want to use a straw because vinegar is very hard on the enamel of your teeth and teeth are important and you don't want to mess them up. So just be careful with that. That was me during the whole like lemon water craze. I (laughs) drank a shit ton of lemon water and then I had four cavities in one (gasps) tooth because I got, I did, I never thought about how it just continues to like erode. So be careful, use your straws, brush your teeth after. In terms of our latest hack with the vinegar, how many times a day do I need to take it and how far in advance before eating? You can really do it as much or as little as possible. She quoted someone in the book who like had, I don't know, 26 tablespoons a day or something and then had to go to the hospital. Like you just don't take anything to the extreme because it lowered other minerals in her body. But like having it a few times a day usually works for most people. See what works for your body. People with stomach issues, it could be hard on to, you know, on your body to have the, the acid test it out. If this hack doesn't work for you, there's other ones. But essentially, you know, if you wanted to do it once a day, that's probably a good start. And then as far as when you can have it, you're going to want to have it in regards to like lowering the glucose spike of a meal, either 20 minutes before or 20 minutes after. So you can even have it after you've eaten something. So let's say you forget and then you're like, oh shit, I just had some pasta and I'm feeling amped. You can have the vinegar and water after. All right. So number five, Avoid naked carbs and reaching for a carby snack. I'm super guilty of this. 
you know, when you're hungry, I look into my pantry and my body, I don't even know if it's like biological, but I'm like, I want that. I want the potato chips. I want a cookie because I know it's going to like satisfy the beast inside of us. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That is going to give you a spike and then you're going to come back down and feel even worse. So when you're really feeling hungry, some good snacks to keep on hand are like a grass-fed beef stick, nuts, maybe hummus and veggies. What you want to stick to is you want to have veggies, protein, or fat, and you want to avoid carbs in this time. So you don't have to think about, is this, you know, I need to remember certain snacks. Just does it contain a good amount of protein? Does it contain a good some fiber? Or, or is it like a healthy fat? And that's what you want to stick to. Question for you, Jamie. Master glucose goddess over here. <laughs> Our holistic happy hour glucose goddess. Question. When we have, let's say we start following these hacks. How long do you think it will be until I stop craving sugar? And I can kind of get back into a regulated blood sugar balance. I really can't answer that. I don't know. Um, I think that it's different for everyone and I think it depends on how much insulin you already have in your blood but from what I read in the book some people it takes a few weeks but a few months to maybe see a difference in your in your glucose levels and then there's Bernadette over here nine days in (laughs) right (laughs) we are not created equal (laughs) Bernadette was skinned down oh yeah so last but not least how do you personally incorporate these into your day-to-day I started bringing out a little dropper with me to like restaurants. I, in the book, she said she uses a flask and Yaz and I were laughing about that. Like, I think if you whip out a flask at a restaurant, they're going to think that you're like spiking your drink. Yeah. I've been kicked out of a bar for bringing in a flask and I'm not about to be embarrassed again. So I think the dropper is the way to go. (laughs) Yeah. So I have my little tincture dropper and then I just, um, you know, I just use what I think I need um, and I'll have that either before, during, or after I start eating. And it's helped me a lot. So every day I start out with a savory breakfast. But even before I have my breakfast, I have my fiber supplement, which we've talked about on a previous episode, which is a mix of different fiber. I have a teaspoon of that in water. And then, for example, this morning I had I made eggs and I had some base culture toast. And base culture is a better quality bread because it contains some fiber and some protein. It's going to break down a little bit more slowly than your traditional um, breads. But I specifically had the eggs first and then I had the toast. And so I'll just eat in that order and it seems to really help me regulate my blood sugar. But yeah, I'm moving. So I'm just using whatever's in my freezer. I've got this random old base culture cinnamon raisin bread, but we're, we're getting through it. That's the worst when you have to move and you have to eat all that shit that's in the back of your pantry yeah. or the freezer that you haven't looked at for like a year. Yeah. No, I specifically like neglected those things and now it's time. Like it's like, okay, you're moving and you're not about to waste this food. Plus like base culture when it's not on sale is like $10 for a loaf of bread. Like bitch, you're eating that. Yeah. So uh, those are my little hacks. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. This first season of holistic happy hour has been incredible we will have one last episode coming out um after this we actually will it will be a surprise episode we have an announcement to make so be sure to tune back in for that follow us on instagram and tiktok and thank you again for being a part of our holistic happy hour family we love you